Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Your pastor asked me to preach. We made plans. And from the time he started talking about me coming, something started burning in my spirit. And uh, I don't say that lightly. I say that intentional today, and I mean every word of it. God forbid if I was to lie in a pulpit to you, the price that I would pay in eternity. And it began to burn in my spirit. And I knew early on what I was going to preach. My wife and I and my boy Jaden loaded up Friday, and we decided we'd just slip over to Tupelo, get a motel, have a nice quiet night, relax, go eat a nice meal, and just relax. We got to the hotel, and it was packed. And uh, my wife said, do you have a room on the first floor? Now, for those of you that don't know Sherry Lynn, she's again staying on the second, third, fourth, fifth, and on up floors. She likes the first floor. Because if the apocalypse occurs, she wants to be able to get out quick. We were in Franklin, Tennessee one time, and the fire alarm went off. Great day, have mercy. Everybody on our floor got the Holy Ghost that day. <laughs> they said, no, we don't have any first floor rooms. Got a room on the second, third floor. My wife said, well, we'll take the second. No, it was the third. Third or fourth. Take the third. It's closer than the fourth. Say all that because the nice quiet evening, I did not know that we were staying in the same hotel that a cheerleading competition was a bunch of uh, teens from all over the world, I think, was there. And they practiced all night. They should have all done well because they practiced. So after no sleep, just a quiet getaway, you know, quick thing. Didn't tell nobody, slipped in under the radar. Just a quiet little quick night. Morning, I said, let's go over there and get a couple of that devil's juice, Starbucks. Need a good cup of coffee. So we pulled into Starbucks. The line started at the turn in off the main road. Come all the way down, all the way around the building. We'll go in. So we went in. And when we walked in the door, the gentleman said, if you're ordering anything other than brewed coffee, it's at least a 20-minute wait. And I said, you don't have anything in this building that's worth waiting 20 minutes on. So we left. And we decided that we would go to Cracker Barrel and eat. Saturday morning in Tupelo. We sat in the rockers and enjoyed the pretty weather. We read four books. 
balanced the checkbook, bought groceries. And then they called us to sit down. We went and sat down, and when we sat down, just quick little quiet getaway. Going to preach here Sunday, just trying to get away. And we got the only waitress in the place that hated her job, hated people, hated life. You see, you folks think you're the only ones that fight battles. Preachers got it made, man. All they do is count stacks of money, eat chicken, wear nice suits. In the spiritual world, it's constantly raging and constantly at war. And anytime you're going to do something for God, you're going to fight hell. Could I get your drinks? Absolutely. I would like a coffee. My wife wanted a coffee. My son wanted a coffee. We want three waters. We waited. 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 By this time, my wife had had enough. She went and talked to the manager. And the manager said the stupidest thing he could ever say. I'll go find your waitress. He should have said, I'm sorry, I will go get your coffee and your water. That's not what he said. I'll go find your waitress. We done surmised that our waitress hated Cracker Barrel, hated life, hated us, hated everything. So she showed up, explained herself away, on and on. And I'm going to make this short. But finally it got to the place where we were waiting on our food. And she turned to the table beside us. And said, I get nice customers like y'all. And then I get people like this and pointed to us. And I said, the devil is a liar. He's trying to draw me out. For just a minute, where's my police chief buddy at? For just a minute, where's he at? Raise his hand. For just a minute, I about reverted back to my old ways. And about drug her out in the parking lot. And put an old-fashioned whoop-down on her right in the parking lot. It started in about my feet and started working its way up. And I said, oh, I'm here on the Lord's work. I better stop this now. I say that to say, I have a message from the Lord today for you folks that are here. I'm going to preach to you for just a little while today. And you're going to have a better understanding, not because of me, but just because I have heard from the Lord today on your behalf I want you to understand something I want you to understand something I'm going to make myself perfectly clear there are angels and there are demons there are angels of light and there's angels of darkness and you better hear me for every angel that you are so glad to count on and to see there is an angel that's out to destroy you there's a demonic force and spirit that's out to hinder every service you come to every preached word he wants to steal it before it gets to you and germinates in your spirit he wants to implant fear and doubt into your life and cause you to not respond to the preached word when it goes forth when the preacher says God's gonna work a miracle you hear no he's not that's a lie and the devil is at work just as much as the angels of the Lord are at work 
But I've come to tell somebody today that they're outnumbered. That the devil is outnumbered. Greater is he. More powerful is he. More mightier is he. More are they that are with me than they that be against me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelations, the 12th chapter, verse number 3. I can't preach long. I'm getting fat, out of breath. But I'm going to give it all I got for about three hours. Glad to have my boy with me today. Pray for my my boy. He's he's striving to be a fireman. He's passed the agility stuff and going on to do the assessments. Going to be a make and bib firefighter for a little while. His goal is to be a Georgia State Trooper. Proud of that young man. I don't think he'd be embarrassed by this. Me and his mama was talking the other day and talking to him. And he said, my wife looked right at him and said, you feel the call to preach? And he said, yep. I feel the call to preach. So in all of his aspirations, I think that would be, no, I know that would be the greatest. Hallelujah. There appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Verse 4. Was that it? Three and four? Oh, there we go. Whew. I can do that, but it's going to take me a minute. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as as it was born a third of the angels fell and their agenda was to destroy the God child that was their agenda I preached to you today with the help of the Lord outnumbered would you pray with me Lord Jesus we love you we thank you God for your goodness there will be a demonstration of the Holy Ghost here greater than what we've already seen Lord before we leave this place You will show your power and might, God, in this house before we leave. We're better off for coming and hearing your word than for staying at home. In your wonderful name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It is an honor to be here. I give honor to your pastor, his great wife. We love them dearly. I say this in all sincerity. I would fight for them, with them, by their side, need be. Praise God. I was blessed in life to know a great man of God that, that, Helped, helped shape me into the pastor that I am now. I met him a few years back, and instantly he became such a voice and powerful voice in my life. His name was Carl Shirty, and Brother Shirty passed away. It's been uh, several months ago, and oh boy, it's been a great void in my life. And uh, I remember time and time in conversations with Brother Shirty, he would mention a gentleman's name. And uh, I never had the opportunity to meet him, uh, never knew him personally, but it was a gentleman that was being used of God in a mighty way in Serbia. 
His name, last name is Popovic, and Brother Popovic spent time with Brother Shirty in, in Louisiana when he pastored there, and they started a work in Serbia, and it just grew, and they established churches, they built schools, and Brother Shirty and his church funded a lot of that, and I was privileged to know about that stuff, but never to know anything about Popovic, nothing other than just his name. Since Brother Shirty passed, I've been on a uh, call every Thursday night with ministers, and it was reminiscing the bishop and just talking about Brother Shirty. And to be quite honest with you, since his passing, I haven't done much of that reminiscing on Thursdays, just don't can't stand it, just can't hardly stand it, and, uh, but I was sitting in my living room on a Thursday, this has been several weeks back now, I was sitting there and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to join the call tonight, I'm going to get on this call, and so I got on the call and there was just two or three ministers that were on there and they were telling stories about Brother Shirty and talking all kinds of stuff about him and and uh, then all of a sudden, Brother Troy Shirty, Brother Shirty's uh, adopted son, he, he, he said, we're glad to have Eric Popovic on the phone with us tonight. When he said Popovic, I realized the name. And uh, this is Brother Popovic's son, who is also doing a great work in Belgrade, Serbia. So uh, when he mentioned his name, immediately the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you're going to minister to him before this conversation is done. I said, no, I'm not. And the Lord said, yes, you are. And so immediately he began to deal with me and give me a word to tell him. And uh, conversation went on for about 30 minutes. And out of nowhere, Brother Troy Shirty said, gentlemen, I feel in my spirit that Eric Popovic has a word for us tonight. And he said, Eric, do you have a word or something you would like to share with us? And the phone got quiet for a minute and you heard a distant voice. Literally, he said, I'm being quiet. I don't want to wake up my family. It's 2 o'clock in the morning here in Belgrade. And he was on the phone with us. Two o'clock in the morning. I love him, but I ain't going to be on the phone with him until two o'clock in the morning. And he said, I have wrestled with this for some time. But the Lord told me to share this with you folks tonight. He said, at the beginning of the year in 2023, he said, I wanted to have a breakthrough. Not only in my life, but in my family's life and in the church here in Serbia. He said, for the sake of bragging, I've not shared this with anybody. He said, but I went on a 40-day total fast of nothing but water. He said, during that time, the demonic forces that had strongholds over my area attacked me. He said, it became so prevalent that I would be walking down the street and there would be confrontations in the marketplace. Confrontations in front of buildings as these demonic spirits would confront me. 
and say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm shutting down the church. It began to affect his family. These demonic spirits began attacking his wife and kids. And he said, I struggled. I struggled with where God was in all of this. That I was doing the will of God, but out of nowhere, God allowed this attack. And it seemed so overwhelming. It seemed that the angels that were were against me were greater than the angels that I knew were for me. And he said, I'm not trying to bore you, but I I do need to share this with you. He said, and, and I'm sitting there biting, chomping at the bit because God didn't give me an elaborate word. He didn't give me a thus saith the Lord. He just said, tell Eric Popovic that there are two angels with him everywhere that he goes. And he said, I got so desperate for a move of God. My family thought I was losing my mind. My family and my friends and the people in the church thought I was losing my mind. They didn't understand that I was under a great spiritual attack. He said, at the beginning of this year, I pulled some of the leaders aside with me and said, I'm going to go on a fast. And he said, we started on a fast again. He said, they were confronted at their workplace. He said, they got scared and quit. And he said, what is going on? gentlemen he said I will tell you this and everybody was answering nothing he said I will tell you this he said you're in America and he said you wouldn't know a devil if it showed up he said your churches are so carnal you wouldn't know a devil if it walked in the door Yeah, that's what I figured. It get real quiet. You start talking about devils, and they want to they want to intimidate, and they want to run their ugly heads up. I'm here to cut off every head of every stinking spirit that's hindering you in your walk with God. I'm here to put hell on notice. We're not playing games. We're here to take authority and dominion. Yeah, we're not here playing games. I need a little help. We're not here playing games. We're here to take authority and dominion. I'm sick of people being intimidated by some inferior spirit that's trying to rule and reign in their life. I'm sick of people losing out with God because of the devil and his angels. They're defeated. Do you hear me? They're defeated. They are defeated. If they're not, then the word of God is a lie. Behold, I give you authority and power over all the power of the enemy. Greater is he, I've already said it, that is in me than he that is in this world. No weapon, I don't know what you don't understand about that, but no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. I curse that nicotine spirit. I curse that spirit of pornography. I curse the spirit of carnality that's trying to tell you you can do whatever you want and still make it. You cannot do whatever you want and have authority and dominion in the kingdom. And we went to hang up and I said, Brother Popovic, Brother Popovic. He said, yes. I said, this is Brother Ron Linville. I pastor in Macon, Georgia. He said, I know of you. Brother Shirty has spoke of you. I said, Brother Popovic, I got a word for you. He got quiet. And I said, the Lord told me to tell you that there are two angels 
that are with you everywhere you go. I said, for every demon that confronts you, you have two angels that are fighting for you. And he went, ah! He said, Brother Linville, you don't know what you just said. And I said, tell me. He said, God showed me. God showed me that there was one angel. I never knew that there was two. But he told me if I got on this phone call tonight that he would confirm his word to me. I don't claim to be a prophet, but I'm here to tell somebody the devils that are fighting against you are outnumbered. I said they're outnumbered. The devils that are against you are outnumbered. The plans and the schemes and the tricks and the tactics that they've concocted up for your demise. God has thwarted their plans. God has turned the tables and God's gonna bring victory into your life. And see, we had to fight rude Cracker Barrel employees. We had to fight lines at Starbucks. We had to fight jungle gyms in the hotel just to remind us that the spirit world is angry and it's real. That the devil don't want me to preach this word to you. You're inoculated. You're fat on good preaching. You don't need any more good preaching. What you need is a reminder and an awakening that God is for you. And if God be for you. I said God's for you. And if God be for you. Look at your neighbor and say they're outnumbered. God has an angel army. And so does the devil. Just as angels are at work in your life. Demonic forces are at Satan's beckoning. Daniel was about 85 years old. And God gave him a vision. Around the time 50,000 Jews went home to rebuild their country and temple. Even under the best of circumstances, they were met with opposition. And Daniel was burdened, and he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And after 21 days, Daniel stood on the banks of the Tigris River and saw a man with a glorious appearance. And the man's presence was so powerful that those with Daniel fled. Even though they couldn't see him, it was spiritual. They fled. Are you hearing me? The man told Daniel to stand up. He was an angel sent from God. And if you remember the conversation, God had heard Daniel's prayer. And in response, he sent a warring angel to Daniel. Look at Daniel, the 10th chapter. Verse number 12 and 13. Daniel 10, verse 12 and 13, real quick. Don't get quiet on me. Hallelujah.
Let me just turn, let me just turn there and read it. I think Daniel in the Bible. Yeah, there it is. Daniel 10, verse number 12. Then said he unto, fear, unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. I want to read that again. I want to read that again to you. Can we look at that again? Somebody needs to hear this. 10 and verse number 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am come for the simple prayer that you've been praying. Hell's fought me for 21 days trying to get to you. But I have come for the word that you were praying. God revealed something to me, Brother Wilbanks, a while back. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We say that's the get prayer that ain't what it is the effectual that word means daily that means show oh I'm here to preach to somebody that means showing up baby every day whether you feel like it or not that means locking in your prayer room every day whether you feel like it or not you praying the same thing every day. But here's revelation. Every time you get on your knees to pray, the answer may not be there yet, but the answer's coming. I said it may not be there yet, but it's coming. God's heard from the very first time you've opened your mouth. You never run out of options to seek the Lord. The devil will do everything he can to hinder God's word from reaching you. Satan is created. Demons were created. They are subservient and beneath God. I want to say that again. I don't care how nasty and ugly and how big they blow themselves up. They are subservient to God they are subservient to you that's been filled with the whole I don't care how big and nasty they get I don't care the fear tactics that they use I don't care the intimidation that they send your way they are subservient they are under you they are beneath you you have authority and dominion over them Demons are not omniscient. I'm going to preach to you for about five minutes right here. I know McDonald's has got you wrapped up and you're getting hungry. But I'm coming for you right here. Listen to what I'm telling you. They're not omniscient. They only know what you tell them. They're not omniscient. They only know what you tell them. 
When your heart begins to flutter at carnality, they hear that. They know that. They're not omniscient. You gave it to them. You gave it to them. They're not as sharp and as bright as you think they are. You just got so many portals of carnality opened up in your life that it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out you're carnal. They come in and beat your ever-loving brains out because you got too many portals open up. You want the devil to leave you alone? Start shutting some windows and doors of your spirit. You want me to preach something that's going to get you up bouncing and jumping. I'm here to preach the word of God to you that will transform your life and change you and give you authority and power. They gain intel through what you look at on reels. Hello? You tick-tocking them right into your bedroom. You keep the portal shut and you limit their ability. And I'm sick of preaching to a bunch of carnal people that don't ever have deliverance and authority in their life been raised up in this thing and carnal as the day is long entertaining the world and the things of the flesh and want the preacher to preach you out of a pit he can't preach you out of a pit because you got too many windows and doors open in your life and every time he gives you a reason to have hope you go home and entertain your stinking flesh and you're being killed by the minute You're being killed spiritually by the minute. And it ain't the church's fault. And it ain't something that was said to you. And it ain't something that happened. And it ain't because mama and daddy ain't serving God. And it ain't because your wife left. And it ain't because of the car wreck. It's because you have too much carnality in your life. And carnality is enmity toward God. Pray for the same people. Pray for the same people. Well, you don't do that here in Georgia. In Macon, Georgia, we pray for the same people. I got a saying around there. You know what cranks my motor? I'll tell you what cranks my motor. When the same backslider walks in and folks jump on them like a hot tamale. Just because they've been around the church for 30 years. They're the same person they've been for 30 years. If the Lord can't move them, honey, you can slobber on them all you want. You ain't moving them. Why don't we do this? Why don't we quit worrying about them so much? Love them. Love them enough to tell them truth. But quit tailoring services to reach them and just preach the word of God with demonstration and power. And if they don't get it, then they can remain defeated. They can remain overwhelmed. They can remain sick. It ain't my problem. But I've come to preach the captive delivered. i come to preach chains off. i come to preach deliverance today.
I don't know, you might have heard it. Brother Nick Mahaney preached it. Brother Nick Mahaney was telling a story about his dad, Brother Charles Mahaney, when he was alive, was in California and was preaching at a church. And he said, I want to go to Venice Beach. And the pastor said, no, you don't. He said, yeah, I do. He said, there's so much filth down there. I'm not going to Venice Beach. He said, I want to go. And so there was a man in the church that took Nick Mahaney and Brother Charles Mahaney to Venice Beach. And when they stepped off the boardwalk on the beach, it was like an, an astrologer's convention. Soothsayers, fortune tellers, and everything was on the beach. Y'all listening? And Charles Mahaney started walking down the beach. And there was a lady that was sitting over a crystal ball. And when Brother Mahaney walked by her, she said, Charles Mahaney, I know what you're up to. Nick looked at his dad and said, Dad, that woman know you? He said, nope. Never been here a day in my life. He walked on. Somebody was reading palms. And when he walked by and they said, Charles Mahaney, I know what you're up to. Get out of here. You're not welcome here. He said about that time he walked by and there was a lady all dressed up in her garb standing over the top of a balcony on a makeshift antebellum type home. And when he walked by her, she leaped off the balcony and got on all fours and began to growl like a dog right in front of her. And she said, Charles Mahaney, you get out of here. You're not welcome here. He said, you shut your mouth. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And they started spreading like fleas and running away from that place. And Nick Mahaney said, I looked at the cat that was with me from the church there in town. And he said, Bubba, they don't know our name. So they stayed real close to Brother Mahaney. They ain't calling out my name, Bubba. Brother Nick Mahaney said, I prayed for years. I want that. I want that. He said he went back to a prison that God had delivered him out of. And he was praying for folks and people were getting delivered and set free and getting Filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said one cried out. And said Nick Mahaney. Get out of here. He said he was preaching in a church. And the pastor. Was scared because there was a devil in the church. And the pastor said go pray for that person. He said you pray for him. Went down there and prayed. God delivered this lady. She went out the door. And he followed her out the door. And when he went out the door, she turned around. I'm sorry, he didn't deliver her. She said she didn't want it. She wanted to hold on to him. And he said, well, then you got to go. You're not going to disrupt this service. She went out the door. He followed her out in the parking lot. And when he got to the parking lot, she turned around and said, Nick Mahaney, why did you leave us? And he said, before he thought any more about it, never been there, never laid eyes on this lady. He said, before he thought anything about it. He run in the side door of the church and began to make laughs and said, They know my name! They know my name! I wonder if there's enough spirit in here that the devil knows who you are and he knows where the line's drawn 
And he knows that he can't intimidate your family. He knows that he can't show up in your house and have his way. I'm talking to every parent right now. Your kids don't need to rule in your home. Your kids don't need to tell you what they're going to do. You go snatch the play box, the PlayStation, the Xbox out of the wall and throw it out in the yard and say these spirits are not welcome in my house. You can't watch whatever you want behind that door. I'll kick it off the hinges before I let you go to hell. I love my boy. My boy is learning what it's like to be a dad. Not him. Good God Almighty. Caleb's got two kids. Caleb's got two kids and a little boy. Little boy as sweet as he can be. Cameron, about this big. You know, and they're like every other apostolic parent. What they do is when their kids start getting on their nerves, they shove a phone in their face. Yeah, I figured that. Can't even preach in church. The phones are so loud. Cartoons and it ain't cartoons, it's just all flat out movies. Now they're watching right in church. Even adults. Sitting there watching all kinds of carnal garbage. And you wonder why Johnny won't eat his supper and flips you the bird and cusses you out and says, I ain't doing what you say. Pastor, Pastor, you gotta pray over my home. No, no. It ain't Pastor's fault. It's your fault. Because you're so carnal, you're letting all kinds of spirits in your house. I'm trying to get this to be the greatest revival church that it could ever be. Come on. I've just pastored long enough that I've seen it all in my church. And if I'm out of line, I've been coming here back and forth for 30 years. Pull me aside if I get out of line. But you want a sustained move of God? There's some things I know about angels. Honey, angels ain't showing up in your carnal mess. Angels aren't showing up in your filth. They're not wading through your filth. They don't like stench and garbage. They're not showing up. You want the angels in your house? You want victory in your home? Clean your mess up. Clean your life up. So Caleb started calling his mama. He said, man, you got to pray. We tried to put Cameron down for bed. Look at this face. And he was FaceTiming his mama. Cameron's standing there gleaming at his dad, gleaming at his dad and pointing a finger. Finally, he fooled around and called me one day. You quit being a pansy and you take authority over your home. And then you take your belt off. I'm going to say it. I hope I don't make anybody mad. And you blister that hind in. And you let him know that he's not in charge you are. That's part of the problem. We don't blister any hind ends anymore. And I'm going to tell you in the spirit, there needs to be some hind end blistering going off because you're too carnal. God's trying to awaken you to victory and you're so carnal. God's trying to give you some angels. God's trying to give you some deliverance. Number one, let's go on. Jesus, have mercy, hallelujah. One time, making where God's got us, us. 
per capita had more churches than any other city in the United States. Everywhere you go, there's a church. Macon's still overrun with churches, every flavor, every size, every shape, churches. One of the big Baptist churches there that's real dominant is called Mabel White. Because the old lady that donated all the land, filthy rich, was named Mabel. It's called Mabel White. I thought about changing our name to Maple White. Anyway. See if we could get some of them folks. God began to deal with me about my attitude. I know you folks don't believe it, but I can be mean. My wife tells me all the time, she's like, be happy, smile. I'm like, I am. What's your deal? Shut up and leave me alone. You got to remind me. I mean, you tell a guy to do something six months, that's enough. You ain't got to remind him every six months to do something. Y'all didn't get that, did you? <laughs> I, I just frown by nature, I guess. I don't know. Unhappy by nature, maybe. I don't consider myself an unhappy guy, but God began to deal with me. I'll tell you what did it. I'm not bragging, please. For the past year or so, I get up at 4:30 in the morning and drive myself to the church and pray. Some mornings I've had four or five guys in there praying with me. Most mornings, it's me and the old praying buddy, and that's it. Nobody else. Whole church. Hundred and some folks. It's all right, as long as they're praying. But that's what did it. And I started looking at my own life. And I realized my wife was right. I'm, I'm mean. And I don't need to be mean. We go somewhere and that spirit wants to draw me out. Go to Walmart, somebody acts stupid. I'm ready to fight. That wouldn't look good. Preacher gets beat up. But he gave him a run for his money. They tore four cars up. Ripped clothes off of three police officers. It wouldn't be good. Got to change. And I was driving in my car. Everywhere you go, I don't know if it's around here, but everywhere you, Walmart's a magnet for it. Standing out there holding signs. We'll work for food. Got a cell phone in one hand and a dog leash with a dog on the other. And I'm like, you quit feeding Rover and you might be able to eat a little something, something every now and then. I ain't never been that hungry. I... <laughs> but then I began to ask God to help me and change me because I'm mean. And I went by these signs and I started judging. And the Lord said, that's your problem right there. He said, why don't you be nice to them? So I started carrying some money. It goes against everything within me. Because I'm sitting there saying, that's a crackhead right there. He don't need no money. He's going to go get a crack rock as soon as he leaves, gets enough to get it. He don't want no hamburger. He wants a crack rock. I'm not feeding his habit. And the Lord said, be nice and show me. And in all my searching, Brother Jerry, you know what I found out? Angels are attracted to kindness. 
The angels of the Lord are attracted to kindness. If you've done it to the least. So it wasn't about homeboy's motive. It was about mine. It wasn't about homeboy's heart. It was about mine. And if I want angels coming to my address, they're attracted to cleanness and they're attracted to kindness. I got so excited, I jumped up out of my office, grabbed my wallet. I'm going straight to Walmart. And it was a beautiful day, and not one of them hardheads was at Walmart. I said, them heathens are at Kroger, so I drove across to Kroger. Not one of them was there. The Lord said, I know your heart and motive. I don't know about you, Brother Harold, but I need angels. Because if I can get angels, I ain't got to worry about them being at... That's the church, by the way. If I can get them in my home, I don't have to worry about them being at the house of God. Let's all stand. I wonder, I wonder who you are here under the sound of my voice that's hindering the angels from coming to your house through your lifestyle or your ugliness. And God's wanting to give you victory. God's wanting to help you have deliverance and overcoming power and quit circling the same wagon time and time again in your life. Rolling down your window and yelling, get a job, loser, ain't done it, has it? Why don't you just say, everything I do is as unto the Lord. After all, it's only $5. Just give them $5. I'm not telling you to break the bank and lose all your money given to the homeless. I'm just saying be kind and change your attitude and how you think and how you size up. Because are you ready? Before God will trust you with an angel, he'll trust you with a stranger and will test you with a stranger. Did you hear what I said? Before God will entrust you with an angelic visitation, He'll first try you with a stranger. Oh God, I don't want to fail that test. Oh God, I don't want to fail that test. Boy, you feel that? You feel that? The temperature just changed and angels just come flying through this place. Yeah, you can be healed right now. Right in this moment, right now, you can be healed. You can be delivered and set free, right? Spirit of God just, just opened up a door. God's been testing you. Are you kind to the stranger? Are you kind to the stranger? I don't know about you, but I can't afford angelic delay. 
at my church any longer. I can't afford it. I said, I can't afford it. Oh, oh God. No wonder you're battling stuff in your homes. No wonder. You can't expect God to send warring angels to fight on your behalf. Messengers to encourage. If you want to live in your flesh all the time. Oh God, help us. tell you something else I found out about angels they hate disobedience and rebellion well I felt that right there they hate disobedience and rebellion oh God come on be real honest with yourself my world has been a mess I have found myself saying, what in the world is wrong? What am I fighting anyway? Why can I not get over this? Why can I not get victory beyond this? Maybe it's because you're hindering the presence of the angels from fighting on your behalf Joshua met the captain the host of the Lord's army instructions were given six days you're going to march around these walls and on the seventh day you're going to truck around them seven times Joshua said when I give the command you're going to shout and when you shout and praise God walls are going to fall so they trucked around there one time for six days laughed, scorned, made fun of, look at these idiots what kind of warfare is that look at these morons seventh day hey they come by you over there yeah they made a lap you're not going to believe this these folks have lost their ever loving mind, they're making another lap on and on mocking and scoffing and then there was a loud shout and then the walls fell down they had attracted the host of the Lord's army and while they fought on the ground the host of the Lord's army fought in the heavenlies while they praised on the ground, the Lord's host fought in the heavenlies. There's battles that you'll never win fighting on your own. It takes the host of the Lord's army. The devil's outnumbered to destroy you. Simple for me to say this. You've heard it all your life. If you've been in church for any time, you've heard that if he could have killed you, You'd already been dead. He's satisfied just to intimidate you. Just to keep you living below your means. Never really getting it. Just being around it. 
Never really breaking through to victory. Just hanging around close enough to be used. Sing a little bit now and then. Maybe teach Sunday school. But the moment you step out and draw a line, the Lord says, hey, look at here. Look at here. And all of hell begins to intimidate. You know what I've learned about hell? Hell will intimidate and enlarge itself and burn and make itself big to try to scare you when it knows it has to leave. You didn't hear what I... That's why when you say, I'm fasting Wednesday, you get sick as a dog. You got to eat a little something. That's why when you do fast and say, boy, And then the kid comes home. All hell breaks loose. When the devil knows he has to leave, he's going to try to show out. I want us to do this. Those that will, under the sound of my voice, look, we're beyond you being embarrassed. It's 2024. What in the world could embarrass you? Look at here. If, if you're worried about the church, the church judging you because you respond, you're at the wrong place. Find you a different church. You're at the wrong place. You need deliverance. You're tired of circling the same wagon. You're tired of doing the same thing. You're tired of the fake and the facade. You're tired of just talking it but not living it. Maybe there's addictions that you can't break. And on your own you've tried time and time again. I want you to come down front here. If you'll come down front here. Maybe it's carnality in general you're battling. Yeah, see, nobody wants to move right now. Right now. Because somebody's going to see you come. And when you come, oh boy. Yeah, we can't use him. He's carnal. He's looking at porn and all this. No, this ain't for everybody right now. Okay? Not for everybody. You know who you are. You know. You know. You know, you're tired of living in two worlds. One who you're supposed to be because of mom and dad. One who you are when nobody else is around. Let me tell you, man, I can't imagine what these young people go through. The pull of this world so great and overwhelming. Listen to me. I'm not going to come lay a hand on each and every one of you. But this is what we're going to do. I just learned this. It's powerful. Just learned it. We're going to pray Jesus. Jesus into your situation. Come on, Brother Linville. I want something profound. You're going to begin to cry out the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
Blind Bartimaeus screamed from desperation, Jesus, thou son of David, Jesus. We're going to pray that. We're going to pray the name of Jesus. I don't want you to beg. I don't want you to plead. I don't want you to, to squeeze your fist and, and bang it on your knee. I, I don't want, I just want you to begin to say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my situation. If you're bold enough, somebody might hear you name it. Name it. These guys, I don't mean to do, I don't mean to do it. You're not praying with nobody else right now. You, you, you're doing this on your own, okay? Then we get done with that. When we get done with that, we're going to begin to prophesy. What? What? You're going to speak victory. You're not going to speak doubt. You're not going to speak nothing but victory. I will overcome. I will do this by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of my testimony. And then we're going to finish it up with great praise and there's going to be a breakthrough you hear me there's going to be a breakthrough right now whatever you brought down here to the Lord I want you to call the name of Jesus over it will you do that come on right now Jesus when I speak that name God when I speak that name all the creative power of the universe God yeah the devil hates that come on speak the name of Jesus right now over your situation. Jesus! Jesus! I can't do it, God. I've tried it, God. I've tried to let it go. I've tried to give it up. Jesus, I've tried. I need your help. I need, come on, come on, Jesus, come on. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.